All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Footwork is brought to you by... The Talent Project is America's bridge to Europe for the elite few, providing opportunities for young American players that they can't get in the United States. We're looking for a few good men. Visit us at www.talentproject.com and see if you qualify. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. All right. Special guests today. Two for one episode. We have Joe and Cecilia from the Soccer Visa family. We want to welcome Joe back, and we want to welcome Cecilia. First time on the pod, guys. Thank you. What's up, guys? Always good to be back. Yeah, it's nice live, to meet you guys. Live from where? Live from, live from where right now? Um, the yeah. jungle of Costa Rica on the Caribbean yeah. side. Yeah. On the Caribbean side. Oh, it oh, sounds really good. Like what, what <laughs> is the, what's the temperature today? It is, yeah, it's 32 degrees Celsius. 95, wow. but it's beautiful. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know, like, the Caribbean side has such a Rastafarian mm-hmm. community. Okay. So, like, yeah. when you think of Costa Rican and Central America, you don't think too much, like, Jamaican heritage or culture. But where mm-hmm. we live, it is that. It's mm-hmm. more like that Rasta, you know, they speak Patois kind of a different good food Oof, caribbean mm. food it's the caribbean you know start with that just because sean and i are food guys and we love yeah. traveling and, and getting that so what is what's the dish like what's the famous dish and what's your dish of choice i mean all over costa rica it's um chicken and rice but the way they do it here is caribbean chicken so it's got like a jerk feel mm. to it yeah it's chicken cansado cansado that's tired. So it's that's like tired. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, my couple years of Spanish, yeah. It's like a chicken with rice and beans with like a jerk sauce on top. It sounds we'll nice. Of, we'll be there. We'll be there soon, guys. Yeah. But um, as uh, maybe you guys, sorry. I said, come visit. I'm waiting for them to come visit. We're once it's once it fits in the schedule, we're we're down there. Yeah. We're, and that's I don't know booked. if we're gonna leave, but. Um, you guys know, I mean, we, Sean and I talk about this a lot on, on, on this podcast is the idea of making your own path. So I kind of wanted to start with Cecilia here. Our idea of that is kind of following your dreams. You're not held to the, the normal roots if they don't fulfill you. And that's how we feel we've done in our lives. And, you know, you guys kind of feel the same. So what does making your own path mean to you? And how do you feel you've kind of done that? Um, to give you a background, I grew up in Sweden and um, born and raised. I lived, however, in Africa for almost five years. So after with my family, um, so after I came back, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to stay in Sweden because I've seen a different type of culture living in a Muslim country for a long time. Um, so I met a lot of other people. So I packed up and left when I was 18 and moved to Connecticut. And um, I think that once you've gotten that feel of meeting other people, um, eating other types of food, you just see that living in that box, maybe not is enough for you. It might be for some people, 
So you have to kind of find your path that way. So for me, it was, um, I can never like settle down in, in, a, in, in a place where I feel like, okay, this is home. I'll make home wherever I am, even though I spent 20 years in, in the US, but even with jobs and careers and your path, like everything is created for you from the beginning. And it sounds maybe like very deep, but um, I've tested the waters for a lot of different things in life lived in a lot of places. I've had a lot of different careers and it really made me to where I am now. I had to kind of test the waters to fulfill maybe not one particular dream, but a dream of not settle down for one thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds a lot, I mean, it's very similar to us where it's a constant pursuit of, uh, getting away from comfort in a way and yeah. constantly wanting to learn new things. And then you get, I mean, Dylan, I spoke about it recently. Like we're getting to a point here where, you know, maybe it's time for something new because it's a little comfortable here. You know, I've been here for a few years now and it's time for something new. And I can definitely empathize with that because I think in, in some regard, we're doing the same thing in a different way. I mean, you're just different careers. Now, how did you wind up uh, getting into the soccer industry? Um, so I have three kids and two of them played for a local soccer nonprofit organization. And, um, I was never one of those parents that were very involved in any type of like profit or, uh, PTA in school because I always worked and uh, ran my own business. So for me, it wasn't a I wouldn't say a priority, but like, it wasn't my thing. I'd rather just help out with any other things, but I decided to join and see what it would be like. Um, so I joined this organization. They needed help. They asked me to be on the board. So I did, but it was really frustrating for me because I come from a, um, a true entrepreneurship of grinding and working and and being very challenged and when you sit on a board especially for a local um sports nonprofit organization they're there for other reasons they're not there to drive it forward they're not there to make money they're not there maybe not even for the kids they're creating good programs but their egos are so high and so large that if you come in with a great idea to make it better, to make more money so you can maybe lower the pricing, they're not up for that. So it was mm -hmm. the reason why I joined this was like, I got to test it and see if it's something I like. And I can tell you right now, my first board meeting, I came home at midnight and I said, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> um, obviously growing up in Sweden, football is big. My dad played my uncle played, my grandfather, everybody played except for me. So the culture in Sweden is huge. So I've always loved the sport. I love sports in general. Um, but that's how I met Joe because he was the DOC for the local town programs. Mm -hmm. And I sat on the board and I came up with some ideas and that's how we started working on a project for the town 
and um, he's one day, you know, we met to kind of figure out like some logistics of this program. And I straight up asked him, I said, you always wanted to have a youth club. Like, why don't you just have your own youth club? It was Cecilia's idea? Yeah. Damn. Well, I, said Love it couldn't happen. I said it couldn't happen because, you know, there's a monopoly on it in America. It's, <clears throat> it's a business, right? Yeah. So fields and stuff like that. So I told her and when she told me, I was like, there's no way we could do it. We're not going to get fields. We're not going to, you know, like, how are we going to do it? And she kind of was like, yeah, you, you can do it. And I'll let her kind of take the story from there. Yeah, so it's it, it like that's how I got into football because my personality and my persona of who I am as a, a career woman or worker, there is nothing you can't do. You tell me no, I will prove you wrong, and I'm going to find loopholes, and I'm going to end up on the other side, and people are going to say, oh, she did it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So he said, there is no way in hell. I said, absolutely. So I put like the financial model together. Well, you had asked first, you're like, well, what she was doing, like we'd go to the meetings. I'd be like, man, they have no idea about development. This sucks. Like I'm kind of unmotivated because like I'm going there to kind of be a puppet. But if we really wanted to develop kids, this is how it should be. And that's where her idea to you should start your own club came from. So mm -hmm. she had heard those ideas and said, okay, here's my idea. And I'm going to yeah. let her say that. And it was crazy because... This is a woman that when I used to go to the board meetings would never speak. She would never speak. Okay. So she would be in the boardroom taking notes. And I was like, all right, who's this woman? You know what I mean? Like she just sits there and has her glasses on, takes notes. And then when I met with her in my office, cause we were doing a marketing meeting, it was like to market. Cause she had, a, like, I have, you know, I love marketing and graphic design and stuff. And she has a kind of, uh, she, she, she wanted to drive the program forth. When I, when, she, when I told her all these things about development and how football should be run and my experiences being in Europe and how much I'm a you know, big football enthusiast, she kind of went crazy. She, we had a whiteboard in my office and she was like, pop, 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 pop. And I was like, who, wait, what? Like, who is this? She's not, like, she doesn't even talk at board meetings. So in like 30 minutes, she had this freaking ridiculous business model put down for both the companies. Right. Yeah. For like the nonprofit and for soccer visa. She had like this really good business idea where can I can I do it or do you want to? Yeah, go ahead. Where it was like called Soccer Visa Black. And basically what Soccer Visa Black was, we were part of the organization, but we had the license. Now the 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 program was making all the proceeds. So they were the ones still doing what they needed to do. But Soccer Visa Black was taking the best kids and constructing the A team of each age bracket um with the best kids okay. and for me it sounded like oh great idea you know because i'm right back i'm just coming from europe like great like we'll have the a teams that are soccer the black team but what you realize is with nonprofits and any organization in america even mls next and mls academies and stuff like that well not mls next i'm sorry that's that's the semi-pro league but mls pro no mls next yes that's it. mls mm -hmm. pro is the semi-pro league but mls next which is the academy 90 percent is not football and I didn't know that at the time because I had just come back from Europe, right? So I'm back in the American culture and I want to be the guy to change it. But when she came up with this idea, everyone was against it because it meant their kids on the board wouldn't be on the soccer visa black team, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a huge hurdle, like, in American sports, especially in soccer, is, like, the people who control it 
mostly like you kind of alluded to too, Cecilia, there's a lot of ego involved and maybe that ego goes into their kid and what's best for their kid instead of what's best for the entire community or the soccer organization as a whole. Yeah, you're, you're right. And she created this business model and she's like, you're going to present the business model to the whole board. So I was like, all right, cool. And I mean, you like, I'm a very exciting person when it comes to new things. And I want to believe that if you come up with a good idea, you got to make everybody in the room excited about it. It was the absolute opposite effect. I'm excited going into this room. Nobody knows that she created the model, right? So they don't know because I try to really come up with different ideas and strategies to make this club as a nonprofit organization into like, let's be the best in the state. Like, let's have like some goals, even mm -hmm. though you're a nonprofit. The people that used to shut me down and I was like, this is why I don't work for like, I don't go into these What happened at the meeting? So this meeting, it was the total opposite. I mean, they bashed him. Absolutely tried to take him down in any which way. What were, the, what were their biggest problems with it? Like kind of like what, you, what we said? <clears throat> no, I, I really don't know what the biggest problem was. No, I know it what was, the biggest problem Well, I don't because it was an ego thing because all the proceeds were going back to the club. So the club was going to make more money. So financially, the model never said that that was going to take money from them. Obviously, I was going to get paid for my role, which I was doing anyway. Well, no, I wasn't getting paid, actually. It was through this this program. I was kind of doing it for because I love my community. I'm from there. But, um, yeah, they just didn't like it. And they were just like, you want to take our kids and start your own club? Like, no, we're not saying that at all. Like, No, I think it comes down to... Um, where everybody's a winner, right? Everybody gets a medal, everybody gets a trophy. Um, instead of leveling from Being an honest. early from an early start of a, a youth development, some kids are going to be at the bottom and some kids are going to be at the top. That's normal. So the ones at the bottom, the more development they get, they're going to reach the top and maybe be better than the kids that were already at the top. Yeah, at least there's and the opportunity to do so, yeah. Exactly. So they just looked at it instead of long-term, short-term as in, I'm sorry, my son Johnny, if he doesn't make the black team, I'm not sitting on the board. If my daughter Chelsea doesn't make it, I'm not doing this. We're splitting up the community instead of looking at, wow, let's give these guys something different, something extra so they can mm -hmm. develop if this is truly the sport they want to be in, like they mm -hmm. do in Europe. In Europe, you have opportunities. You don't, like, they don't fish you back. Like, they don't hold you back. Yeah. And yeah. So it was, it, it completely crashed and well it didn't crash they kicked they like kicked me out right and then she, and i was still in the board because they were like yelling in my face like in my face screaming and you know me i'm a pretty hot-headed person myself so i and i just sat there like this i didn't say a word and the only thing going through my mind was you guys just fucked up really bad because i'm going to start the biggest youth club in the area no hold on no, that's, that's just, not at all that's <laughs> i'm gonna tell you guys no Yes, you did have that. Like, I did, I did have but that. Job, but the following day, 
I said, let's meet. And I said, and that's when like, he was like, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I said, let's just move forward. Yeah. And I said, all right, but we got to have the biggest club. Yeah. I want the biggest club. And they made the biggest mistake. We basically broke them down to their knees, took yeah. all their players, made sure we went, we went overboard and just said, we're taking everyone. Um, and we did. And, you know, it's funny, you go through experiences in life. So I think that's how she learned so much about the game. And I also learned, I can't say she just did, but like, I was in the wrong place. I really mm -hmm. was like, we ran such a successful business. We grew that business from 70 kids to a thousand kids in two and a half years, which is kind of that's unheard insane. of. Yeah, it's insane. Um, became a multi-million dollar company, right? And I was miserable. And I well, he became the mayor, right? Um, he was became, he's the owner of the club. He's the face for the club. He's the one that people, um respected in the soccer industry some people disrespected him after we went out to have our own club but that comes with the territory when you do something new mm -hmm. but yeah it, of course really, um like he was the doc every tournament every training every parent meeting i, I mean you name it and so after a while when parents don't see it as oh but I can't be at training and he gets frustrated because I got violin lessons like no 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 <laughs> don't have violin lessons like you have to be at training and you know or I'd be like look Christian you're going to be on the B team this year but I promise you with this coach we have on the B team you'll be on the A team in two years because you have the right attitude and Christian's mom's like no he's but no Christian's going to be one of the best players in the program mark my words because from a development standpoint I know what he needs Right. And I was really surgical with how we develop players. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. our meetings, our video meetings with coaches, we grew to 41 coaches. Yeah. So like our first year, we started in 2017. Right. We had our first tryouts mm -hmm. um, and um, we ended up with three teams the first year. Second year, we had 12 and then we had 18 teams the, the following year, plus a recreational program because we now started to make some noise. So in total, we had close to a thousand kids between POTS levels up to a U23 program competing. Because we anxiety thinking about it. Um, so I think, <laughs> um, but you know, no other youth club has ever done that. We spoke to, to the biggest ones. To the biggest ones in our area. You know, we wanted to take them down and everybody's like, are you fucking crazy? Like, what are you doing? I remember me. You're like, yeah, we are crazy. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, no, there's nothing that's going to stop us. Like, if, if if parents want to come to our tryouts with their kids, what am I going to do? That's up to mm -hmm. them. So we went to meet with a big club up north, and they're huge. Have their own facility. Like, it's like a pro yeah. facility. Very good run club. Really, and they were just like, how? It took them 13 years. They're like, how did you get to where you are? Too. You? yeah so yeah we were really like i mean we had video meetings we had a curriculum which i haven't even been able to implement here because it's just so baby we're such in a baby but we have a thought process on how we want to develop mentally players physically technically which we put into play there and you know now we left and our 05 boys who were kind of the experiment they're running away with their league and the teams and when they stayed together they went to another club and they're just like 
top prospects. You know what I mean? I oh, love that. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't when we, we were losing games, you know, and I, yeah. I used to tell them this will be the best when these kids are 18. I don't think anyone 17, no one's going to touch these kids. And everyone's like, you're losing tournaments. You know, you're like that's not what matters right now. No, yeah, no. The future. So for you guys, do you feel like that kind of, obviously all the extracurricular stuff and kind of not being able to have the control in the areas that you felt you needed the control. Was that kind of one of the reasons why it was, you kind of maybe lost a little passion in it? No, it just wasn't about football. Nothing, nothing was about football. It was about making sure people were happy. And now that I run soccer visa here and we do a development center, I see how behind we are in the States because players that come in here, they're so good, but then we wouldn't even sign them for our team or recommend them somewhere because they feel entitled to like something something you know like and it's like wow like it doesn't work like that you have to earn it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. being i think i was trying to say before she's learned a lot but i think from her i've learned a lot because i used to think everybody wanted to be a pro but even the guys that come in such a small percent want to be pros you know and she taught me that she's like stop she's like you think everybody that comes in a soccer visa wants to be a pro and has the same mindset you do. Maybe one of them do. And you're like, fuck, you're right. You know, I didn't want to believe that. You know, I thought that the Zillions and the Shawns and the Corvies and the, everybody who came in, they want to be pros, pros, but such a small percent do what you do. And what are the, what do the other percent want? What are, from your experience, your both experience? Just to feel like a pro. Yeah. I, I think that you can read, them really quickly give me three four days with a group of players when they come in and i will tell him straight up this guy he's here for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. this guy is here because he really wants it this guy pays attention um so the frustration from him is he wants everybody to go through this path to be a pro a lot easier than what he did, right? So he's giving everything, he's teaching everything, and he's sharing his experience. But if you are not receptive to that as a player, maybe you just want to have cool haircuts and beautiful shoes and gorgeous tattoos. Yep, as many do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they just want to feel like a pro. They want to be mm-hmm. in this environment. They want to be cool. We have cool social media um, stuff yeah, of going course. on. Mm-hmm. And if they are then being captured on that, that's enough for them. Footwork.club, the official website for all things footwork, is now live. Check out all footwork podcast content, including episodes, guest features, and YouTube videos. The Press, a section with written articles, interviews, and blogs from ourselves and guests. Game time, updates about our season in Germany and what's going on behind the microphone. Want to go pro? Dedicated to helping soccer players follow their dreams with helpful info and our consultation sign-up. That's a free video call with us to connect and ask anything. And of course, the footwork shop. We got some of the best merch around as well as free PDF templates like a CV builder and much more. So join the club at footwork.club. Yeah. I mean, that's such a, a, a very important skill to have, especially in your position, Cecilia. How do you like read people like that? What are the things that you're looking for when someone comes down or even before they come down, maybe how they're talking to you on messaging or an email? Like, What are, what are you looking at? 
So personality for me is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't care what resume you have. I don't care where you come from. Personality for me is huge. So you can really tell by them. You know, I speak to a lot of players all day long um, of them coming down here registering. I ask a lot of questions of who they are as people off the pit, pitch, right? And you can you can just tell their characteristic. She does mm-hmm. something like I see a player and like fuck he's good like he's like ooh, like i'm like we need him like i look at like there was a left back last year and i wanted him i mean he's so quality but he doesn't want to be a pro like but he's he's unbelievable like he's like he could yeah, be the he, best he's he's absolutely left wing so back talented. in the country in the first division and i'm like i'm gonna get him since so she's like don't you even call him and i'm like what She's like, he doesn't want to be here. You're going to lose games because of him. And you're like, shit, all right? So we didn't end up signing him. It's crazy how she thinks because mm-hmm. I look at talent where now I'm looking more at, like, personality a lot more than I used to. I think mm-hmm. when I first started Soccer Visa, I, I looked at it more. But mm-hmm. you get carried away as the company grows and you need people that will make you step back and say, what are we You want to win. Like? You want to win. So you have all to right. kind of look at it, like, as a balance, too. So, like... Sometimes you kind of want to take the chance and think you can fix a guy, quote unquote, to be like the player that have the mentality. But sometimes I guess you, you just can't. You have to know if someone's in it for the right reasons. Yeah, and it's, it's disappointing. I think I have no emotions to people that come down here. <laughs> a, okay, yeah. I mean, that's a perfect a skill to, to have in this. Exactly. Yeah. Hey guys, yeah. you know how it is? Like I have all my emo- my players are my everything, and then you got silly. It's like, yeah, he's not performing. He's got to go. But I it's guess a, that's a, that's the two sides of the business that you need, though. Right. It's hard though. But it's the reality so because we argue a lot about it. Because mm-hmm. you know, I'm black, he's white. He's black, I'm white. So it it it's this back and forth all the time. But I think to build a team, what Joe does really well he can take anybody from the street he it it is proven from youth to all-star teams for 10 days to teams down here that come in as big groups or to our own pro team Mm -hmm. but and he just wants them to follow everything because what he's teaching them they don't realize like shit in six months i'm gonna be up here yeah of course yeah well that's where we come in and i'm more like listen i'm not wasting time i'm not wasting money this is bullshit he's gotta go (laughs) this guy gotta go this guy gotta go because it comes down to this Mm -hmm. and that's what we've seen this year for our our pro team especially with the people that were cancer we thought they really had it and then we're like no they don't and it's tough right it's tough because you want to believe in them and you know i'm a guy that wants to sink with the ship right so like if i pick the player and he's not performing i i want to give him everything to perform and i don't care if we're in last place i'm going to believe in you because i picked you but what i'm learning in football is and she's she read the sir alex book is great book. Sir alex. yeah and she's just like yeah, they have two-year life shells and they got to go we got to shake it up and bring in something new and that's mm-hmm. what i'm starting to learn 
too, you know, unless you got the guys like Julian, which we speak about, who if he's really going to come down and be like a, go a Giggs or a Scolzi, someone who's committed to the philosophy of the club, that's a lot different. But he also has to perform, you know. So yeah. that's what she's teaching me, which I don't even know if she knows she's teaching me, right? But not really, because for me, I always, when we first started working and hiring coaches, you can imagine, right? Mm. All of a sudden now we're having three teams. You know, when you create a business, you don't realize the other components that you need. You need staff and you mm -hmm. can't just hire anybody. It needs to be someone that can gel with us too, but mm -hmm. also contribute because we're not there to hold anybody's hand. We're not babysitting them. We're maybe educating them and teaching them the soccer visa way. But we went from three teams, you know, to 18 teams hiring coaches, firing them, having meetings for them to get, you know, you're not doing this and this, you got to do this. I mean, it's. You guys, did you say you have 18 teams? No, we did. We did in Connecticut. Okay. Oh, in Connecticut. I was going right. to say yeah. 18 teams so had, in Costa Rica. I think oh in total we had 42 coaches on staff plus some okay. people in the office. So it really became, you know, a big beast to handle. Mm -hmm. So personality-wise, almost too big. Yeah, I think we grew too fast and we couldn't really slow it down. But that's where personalities, I think, come in because it takes one coach that is cancer. Now the yeah. whole parent group is going to be cancer. The kids and the mm -hmm. the, the coaching staff. Well, you know, look at like United. It matters. I mean, everything matters, guys. It's a yeah, sport. absolutely. Yeah. It's a sports business, entertainment business, so you got to understand that. You know, building a team is you got to have like you look at Pep, and that's why people are so fascinated. Like you can't be like Pep. Pep's one in a million. No, I think Pep has a crazy, crazy philosophy which only he believed in. And there were times when people were like, "Fuck Pep," and yep. he went through with it and did what he needed to do. And I think that's what makes the top coaches. And I hope. Well, I know that's what's going to make me or make the organization because we're crazy. Mm -hmm. we, we, yeah. We're crazy. You know, we're different. Yeah, we don't like it. Like, you come in and you're like, that's not the traditional way. We're going to say, out you go because I'm going to yell at you in your face. I'm going <laughs> to scream at you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to hug you. She's going to do the same. So fuck all that boardroom traditional, excuse my language, bullshit, right? I don't want that. We want mm -hmm. to, if something goes wrong, we're going to be in your face, you know, and yeah. you've got to be okay with that. You know, it's hard. We. Yeah. We got stories, you know. We got a lot. We got so. Many We're gonna stories. get it. We want to get into the stories because, yeah. especially a place like Costa Rica, it's it's fascinating to hear just like kind of how you guys have got here. It just seems like you guys are two builders, and you're just a little different in how you build things, and just how you've come together to make soccer visa right now is so interesting to me. So maybe we'll transition into that. So for those who don't know, what is Soccer Visa FC in its form right now? Where is it? You know, what are you guys doing? And we know there's a playoff push. So if you could tell us a little bit about that too. So we are, Socrates FC is a club in Costa Rica on the Caribbean coast that is in the third division. Um, we had to purchase a franchise in the lowest division, which is um, an amateur division where there's teams across the country. There's 32, is that right? 36. 36 teams. Um, and only one goes up. So we are mm -hmm. in the third division. Um, we, all our players are amateur players. 
Um, we do have players from around the world. We, we, we scout players with Costa Rican heritage. We're allowed three foreigners. Um, if they have Costa Rican heritage, it's awesome because then they're now countless foreigners. Um, and we are in our first year, finishing our first year, going into our second, second. year. Oh, going into our second year. That's yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, we're right now um, in the promotion playoffs where there are 20, I'm going to say 24, 22 teams left. Mm -hmm. um, no, 20. 20. 20 teams left. We finished, um, we finished just one point to qualify. Like we, we made qualification for promotion playoffs by one point. So we had to draw the first place team in the country and we smacked them 4-0 yesterday, which I'm happy about. And um, <laughs> now we're, we're pushing, we got to play them next week away, which is going to be, I mean, that's just, it's going to be crazy. Um, pack stadium, pack, like, mm -hmm. I mean, high level pack. Um, yeah. And that's it. That's what we are. We're just two crazy nomads that decided to start a club. Right now, let's get right into the story times. I mean, one thing: what is what is one of the biggest unexpected hurdles that you face so far with building this team? The unexpected <laughs> biggest. I, there's not just one biggest hurdle. I will say that when you when you hear Costa Rica, you hear about like what do you think about is beautiful country. Um, beaches. Tourism, beaches, palm amazing trees, coconuts. Oh, it's an amazing. It's it's so fucking magical. Pura vida, you, right? Yeah, pura vida is the pura visa. Pura visa. Pura visa. Pura visa. Oh, hey, yeah. Good But to to run an operation here, mm -hmm. it is so different from anywhere in the world. And because of mentality, culture. people's mentality, their culture is different. They don't care. Whatever happened yesterday, they forgot about. They are here today and they do not ever think about what's tomorrow. So you can imagine for a team building, okay, we're signing a player and they're like, yeah, they're good for this week to train. No, like you got to commit for this team. Mm -hmm. So the mentality <laughs> is not long-term mm -hmm. at all. Okay. Um, that's one of the challenges. Everything, just everything from hiring to being threatened. People to, don't like to work. Yeah, people don't like to work to our bus tires being slashed to our bus being broken into to well, I think stealing like, to like that stuff, being like arrested <laughs> to... Wait, whoa, whoa, we might, uh, okay, so you can, I mean, obviously, you know what you can divulge and what you can't, but I don't, we don't, arrested, the arrested one, the arrested one I had to stop at, arrested, so like, what, what happened here? No, I mean, we're okay with sharing our story, and it's the truth, like, every day we wake up and we try to do the right thing, so if I didn't, and you can do all the homework, anybody, can, you know, we try to do the right things, and sometimes you lose your cool, I mean, we had hired someone who was our video guy and basically one day he decided he wasn't going to work with us anymore and he had over twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment and that's drones that's computers that's um cameras that's hard provided, provided by you guys you guys that was your investment guys. owner okay he was very talented but one day he decided he wasn't quit so i'm cecilia's you know said no cecilia said we don't no longer need your services because the way he was acting because he was hinting towards quitting and I'm just like, so she told me, I'm like, all right, it is what it is, you know? 
And I'm just reading the WhatsApp messages going through because we're in a group with them. And a message comes through and goes, okay, but you're not getting any of your stuff back. And then I just said, oh, all right, let me, let me take it from here. I said, what, what, what do you mean we're not getting any stuff back? Well, you got to pay me to get the stuff back. Like pay you what, your last salary? No, no, you got to pay me more. So, yeah, I mean, they got really. He's trying to black. Okay. He's trying to blackmail or whatever. He's trying to. Yeah, but the way he was speaking, I didn't really, you know, I didn't like the way he was speaking. So I said, you know, in my head, I know where this is going. You know, I've oh. already decided where this is going in my head because I feel threatened and I don't like it. So Silly kind of knew where it was going to. I said, Silly, don't say nothing. I'll let me handle this. So. That night, I was like, all right, well, I'll come pay you now. It was like 10 o'clock at night, right? I was like, I I I'll come pay you now. How much do you want for it? You know, he's like, oh, I'm not home. I said, okay, okay, but don't worry. I I I'll come pay, pay for it now. He's like, no, tomorrow. I slept in the car outside his house waiting for him to come home that night. He never came home. Thank goodness for him. Thank goodness for him. Yeah, he didn't come home that night. So the next day, I said, well, what time do you want me to pay you tomorrow? And he said, uh, 12 o'clock is good, but I need a witness there. No problem. Have any witness you want there. Now, who's he called as a witness? One of our players, right? But in my mind, I already knew what was going to happen, how it was going to happen, everything. So we're driving there, and I tell Cecilia, I say, Cecilia, you know what's going to happen as soon as that gate opens, right? What did you say, Cecilia? I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything because you I said, knew. Yep. Yeah, I said just like, okay. Soon as that door opened, Dylan, bing, bong, boing, boom, whatever you want to call it. You ever see the cartoons? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the big stars were saying boom. Yeah. There's a lot of Where? dust. There's a lot yeah. of dust ruffling. Yeah. Dust? Uh, yeah. So now yeah. actually one of our biggest supporters um is the was a landlord to the house. So I mean, you know, I've done jiu-jitsu. I love jiu-jitsu, right? So I, I love like I love yeah. MMA and stuff, right? So um you want to start that stuff. Um, so I put him in a rear naked choke and I told him, I said, you're going to sleep. This will be the last thing you'll see. I wasn't going to kill him, but I was going to scare the hell out of him. So I put him in a rear naked choke. I'm like whispering in his ear. I'm like, you know, you're going to sleep. That's it. You're done. You want to blackmail people, you're done. And the freaking landlord, who's like the like our biggest fan base like supporter now, got his freaking foot inside my rear naked choke somehow right and to break it up like he and i couldn't squeeze i couldn't squeeze like i couldn't get my good squeeze in so long story short guy freaks out starts panicking calls the police police comes over arrest me and uh, i'm in the cop car and uh, well i i'm sorry guys okay i'm watching this whole thing to the side i'm just standing there see, seeing all this you know dust and everything going off and this guy screaming and his girlfriend is screaming oh, and I'm just I'm just standing there quietly I'm not saying a single word and I'm like where am I what the hell am I doing we're that's one of those moments where you're like yeah. what yeah. is this I'm like what the is just happening yeah. and the girlfriend is screaming like you gotta pay me $2,500 you're gonna get this shit blah 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 I said that that's like mine. That's my um, equipment. Like we paid for that. That's that's our. That's my property. Like what? Yeah. You have nothing to do with it. Like your girlfriend. 
I paid for food when you come to travel. Like, so um, they kind of separate. I'm calm and, the whole time. He's very calm. And they're the other two, the girlfriend, they're yelling and screaming. And I'm just like, fuck, like, what the hell is this? So the cops come, they take Joe. Joe spent a night in Costa Rican jail. And I'm like, wow, what's going to happen now? Oh, like, she's freaked out. I'm like, now I'm freaking out. Not by Yeah, I mean, the jail in a foreign like, place is not, yeah. a, it's not, you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, so, so I'm in the cop car and they're like, you're the football coach, right? I said, yeah. And they said, why, like, he called the police for a fist fight? And I was like, yeah, he called the police for a fist fight. So they're like, I'm in the backseat with an officer. And he's like, take the handcuffs off him, man. <laughs> like, they're like, what type of pussy calls the cops for a fist fight? <laughs> so oh, we go to the jail. We go to the, the, the cell where they have to hold me. It's like, go in there. Oof, disgusting. So they're like, just sit here. So I sat. The guy came, our old videographer came in, did a test, like, you know, said his side of the story. Officer came through, he's like, opens the door, he's like, get out, get out of here, right? So um, they let me out and that was it. And then, I mean, later, yes. I came to pick him up and I was like really shook because I didn't know if he was going to spend, you know, like, I don't know, well, like yeah. this Costa Rica, yeah. like, going yeah, to you don't know. Him, you just don't know, like, yeah. Um, but it ended up like, so like we had to come to an agreement with this guy, right? He wanted money to get our equipment. That was our equipment. And, but it was locked up in his apartment. And we couldn't go in there. And we couldn't go in there, obviously. So we had so to pay this guy. We had to pay him. And I, he put a restraining order on Joe. So later at night, I drove to his house by myself with two pieces of paper saying, here's the equipment that you owe us. Today's date, we're gonna pay you. We end it, we don't wanna see each other. Sign here, sign oh. here with witnesses. I, this, is, this is horrible. I come to his house, we sign the document, I, I look in the camera bag and making sure he has everything. He's got a fucking blunt in his mouth, like smoking, he's like, you're a rat. You're a fucking rat. Word of rat. You called the police, you little. Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh. Just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, my God. That's I mean, just one one story. We yeah. got so many. I mean, there's Do you so feel many. like you guys have, like, like, what is it that makes it these – it just feels like you guys have some enemies there. So your bus is getting is – it, is yes. it because you're bringing new ideas into a place that is – conservative in the way it's thought about this the sport or about advancing a club and team no i don't think it's so much about the sport i think this is a um an area where people are scared to do business here because they threaten you yeah like this is the way they are like they threaten you if you come into um if you if you're trying to do something good here if you let's say you buy land and have your house here you're fine but if you're trying to do more, like we are very involved in the community. Mm-hmm. We work with businesses here. They're like, ah, wait a second. They're taking our market share kind of thing. Yeah. So okay, like the whole thing about the bus, like now we're making some real noise. Mm-hmm. And we heard stories before we came here that they're going to drive you out. Yeah. And, um, like and they're, they're trying. Threatening they're trying. you and doing stuff. And we were like, 
Well, no, no one's going to do that. And now we've seen that they're doing it. But the thing is, now we've switched to go ahead. Like, yeah. Now it's the switch of mentality. It's like we can get through it. Like, and try. now they're like, they're seeing like, they're like, these two, they will come right and like, they don't care who you are, what you are, where you're. You feel like you're getting a lot of respect from a lot of locals now because of that mentality? Here, too. Here, yeah. too, which is scary because. You know, um, the players are calling me. I know if something happens, they keep calling me. Okay, one second. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no yeah so, of course. Yeah, no worries. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just we're not backing down. You know, like we, we deal with – there are some scary people that come towards us. But I'm not going to sit here. This is my dream. And obviously our, everyone's livelihood and safety is always, a, you know, a priority. But it's more you're trying to scare you to make your life hard. And we've been mm -hmm. through hell, so we'll keep going through hell till we got to do what we got to do. As long as there's no threatening or – you know, okay, I got into a fist fight, but as long as it doesn't go beyond that, you know what I'm saying? I think is, is yeah. what's important. Right. And now people are like, these two are crazy. Like the and what happened? Crazy. What happened with the stadium? So there was a lot of was there a lot of politics in that? I think right. So my assistant coach. So my assistant coach, um, when I came down here, he was the local soccer guy, great guy he was, and he learned a lot from coaching me. I mean, I brought him when I got the job at Limon First Division to be the caretaker manager. I brought him and my whole coaching staff, and he learned from being an amateur coach to going right into the First Division, right, as a caretaker. I was a caretaker manager. So he learned a lot, and we built this beautiful field. We put, I mean, close to $100,000 into this field. Jeez. And um, we, the deal with the community was if we fix it, they will be allowed to use it. We'll never shut it to the community, but we have, you know, to practice on it and keep it a certain level, you know? Mm -hmm. So we practice every morning at 530. So the community would use that night. So one day we're just practicing and the town, the city hall comes, like the people, the city parks and rec, they come and they're like, say, today's your last day. We can't be on this field anymore. We're like, wait a minute, we have a deal. Come to find out, my assistant coach is on the board at the field. He has now a third division team that's our biggest rival. It's like Man City, Man United. He got his oh kick off. Oh, my we God. We have to pay $100 an hour to rent the field. Okay, that's unheard of because here it's like $5 an hour, $10 an hour. Imagine that. New York City prices, right, to rent the field. And, um, yeah, that's what happened. So we had to go, I searched for, and this is all documented and everything. So one day it'll be on a, uh, you know, a series, but I went to find an old, old man, right. Who had a soccer field in his backyard and his dad's dream was always to have a real competitive team in the area. And I said, listen, I will take care of that field. It was a, small field with jungle around it I said well, i'll take care of the field i'll make it beautiful i will grow the grass i'll cut the trees we'll do everything but just let us have it and he agreed and now that field that we we raised thirty-eight thousand dollars to build a wall and to cut all the trees that's we had to stop because we didn't have time to keep raising money for the bricks and stuff so mm -hmm. we we and that's something we got to we have the document and how we're going to update it, but that field where the bricks will go and everything is the field we currently use to practice. Wow. Amazing. What a, that's amazing. My <laughs> God. How did you so find this guy? Just contacts being Italian, I guess. Right. Like just trying to find just being, just being Italian, just talking <laughs> yeah, like, to people. You know, 
talking to people and rubbing elbows and figuring mm -hmm. it out. I think that's that's like the biggest challenge here. Sorry, we keep giving up and down. Um, the biggest challenge here is, is to, if you, you have to get to know people mm -hmm. and you have to like work the same way they're working. Mm -hmm. you, if they're not that you have to be a douchebag if they're a douchebag, but you have to like seriously play, just games. play the same game as they're playing in a sense. So like this guy that, you know, asked for money when he went to jail, like, that's a lot of the mentality here. Like, mm -hmm. well, they're gonna test you. what? They're going to test you. They're going to test us. And, and I, I will tell you now, I've been here for two years. I've never been this tested. I have never. I love challenges. And what about I think the league? The league has, has, yeah. has the league tried corrupt, to fuck us up. corrupted us. Like, that's what, like, it was so, so corrupt. Like, so we, we, there was a right back we've been searching for two years for. Like, we love him. Like, he's a good player. And he was part of our team last season that we played in the last game to, because only first place because the COVID season went up and we were in mm -hmm. second. And we had to play this team and we were one point behind him. So we wanted this right back, wanted this right back, finally got him, registered him, did all the proper paperwork, all the legit, like it was legit, legit that we registered him. But if he was registered with two teams, the new team that registers him loses points. But we went thorough. We made sure that the paperwork was good. Halfway through the season, we get a call that they're deducting points from us. And we're like, wait a minute. Like, and we, we went to court. I mean, we went to court. We paid money to go to court, sports court. We walk into the, I, I couldn't because she's the president. She walks into the courthouse. They're like, no need for this hearing. Soccer visa loses. Pretty much. I mean, there was a complete hearing, but, and we hired a lawyer. Everything was very legit. And basically, you know, after one hour of, okay, here's this side, here's this side, 15 minute break, we go back into the courtroom and they're like, we have all the evidence, we have everything. Sorry, um, we don't need anything else. I'm sorry. The other team forged our player's signature onto their registration form that was sent into the league. Two days before, like we've been playing. And they, yeah. they, they, they forge the signature while the season's going on. But here's the best part. The judge says, well, that's not why we're in court today. We're not in court for forged signatures. We're here because you re double registered a player. I'm sitting Well, there's there a I'm reason for that. My God. <laughs> exactly. So I think when, when you ask, like, what's the most challenging thing? There is nothing you can pinpoint that this or that because it comes from every angle you have to be prepared for bullets every single day yeah and then to top that off so now we're in the relegation zone because we lost these points yes uh -huh. okay we're we're in the red we're bottom of the red like we're gonna go to fourth division right so the next game what happens they give me a two-game suspension red card for nothing yes like i'm just the, I, and i mean no yelling no talking to me red card two games so now what did they write? The, what did they write in the report? They just said you were uh, arguing or something. Consent, yeah, like arguing yeah. with the referee. Okay, okay. And I'm like, see, this is crazy. She's like, yeah, you, like they're trying to take us out of the league. Yeah. They don't want us. Right. They want us to see it. So we're like, all right, this is how we want to play. This is this is. But like in those situations, you gotta be quiet. You just gotta be quiet. Right. Like mm -hmm. don't speak. 
Don't say, okay, he got a red card. We'll figure this out. There are other people that, other voices on the sideline that can, the players can hear. So like, don't, and I know for him, he was like, motherfucker, like that. I said, just relax. We'll it's, figure it out. It, we'll figure it out. And the two games that he was I out. coached from the plus. He coached from the outside of the, of the field. We pulled right. our bus right behind the team bench where the fence was. I got on top of the bus and just coached from the bus. I'm outside the stadium. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> a quick fix. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're just post right it up, coaching from the top of the bus. Oh yeah. man, that's like some Mourinho shit. That's like some Jose Mourinho stuff. That's that's yeah, that's fun. cool. It's fun too. Like when we look back at it, it's stressful. But now, like talking to people like you guys, it's, it's a lot of fun in what we've done because we literally haven't backed down. But you know, it's like you can always cheat, right? Everybody can cheat, whether it's in school, whether it's in sports, whether it's in work, whatever. But if you cheat, you will always, that will always come to light. To right. light. Yeah, it'll come back to if, you. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you so the two teams that sent us to court, they didn't make the fucking playoffs. Relegation. Relegation. All right. Yeah, so, it comes back to bite them. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> stay quiet. Yeah. That's what we do now. Like, so when people yell at us, we're just like, cool. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Mafia 101, like, don't ever, you know, wise men listen as fools talk, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it's crazy, though. Like, I I mean, Joe, one, you've seen the dirty side of the game. Cecilia, I know you have so many, you've had so many hands in, like, I know you were in real estate, you were in finance, you were in all this stuff. Like, it feels like you guys were being groomed for the biggest challenge of your life together at this moment. <sighs> We wanted yeah. to quit a lot of times. So we've, we've looked at Sweden, Italy to move this whole operation to. We've said she's going to get a job. I'm going to go coach a pro team. And you know, we, we've thought about it because it's been hard, guys. That's why I think yeah. people hear stories and are like, oh, it's easy. Like, you guys are still going, no, there's been days where we're like sitting on the bed like, it's over. We're done. Yeah. You know? But, you know, like, I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. So when Joe and I first started talking to – each other of building a business it's like that fun times right you guys are in this like when you when you have all the plans and you're like fuck this so i want to do this and this and this and i put mm-hmm. whiteboards is like my best friend because i love putting stuff you're the whiteboard yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. i'm like having withdrawals because i haven't had a whiteboard in two years um i'm sure we can so- get you one down there we could get one down there <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about like a very big vision, like two, three months into our working relationship. And I put on the board where like, you know, we want to have not just football, but there's more to it, like our own branding, our own clothing. I want real estate. Um, there's foods, like there's so many different things that we wanted and we were really working towards that. And then COVID, you know, COVID fucked everybody, including mm-hmm. us. That's when we really said, you know what? Like, is this the time for us to make that drastic change? Even though we had already made a drastic change with growing a youth club, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that we were satisfied with that day-to-day operation of a youth club. Mm -hmm. We wanted, I always wanted the pro game more than him. He wanted to quit Sokovisa Pro and said, screw that. I'm not doing this anymore. And I said, hell no. We're not doing that. No, no, no. That's your story. I mean, and when COVID 
hit, you know, we had no idea. And we started to build on this vision of Costa Rica that was kind of on the back burner for quite some time. And in the meantime, he worked, you know, making money, doing Instacart. I did Instacart, you know, everything was shut down. I applied for a job in Miami for a very big job for a creative, mm-hmm. you know, send my resume, figured like, okay, interview number one, didn't really think about it. Interview number two, I'm like, shit, that kind of wanted me to like move to Miami. Interview number three, I was like, oh, and I couldn't fly down to see them for an office visit because of COVID. So interview number four, they're having the whole boardroom, all the people there, 360 view and offering me the position like, yep, you got the job. I said, what? As I'm interviewing for this job, not I was kind of like testing the waters because we didn't know what was going to happen. We were still Mm -hmm. working on getting Costa Rica, January 2021, up and running. I even said to her, take the job. Yeah, he was like, you should take the job. I said, are you crazy? I was was fed up with soccer. I didn't want to do anything with soccer. I wanted to quit because I had put so much passion into players that say they want to be pro and didn't. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm done with it. I've exhorted all my energy and I don't want anything to do with football anymore, you know. But it was it it those are moments that at least I look back now that I think I love the sport more than he does sometimes. I really like she loves football. I love the sport so much because there's a market that has not been touched on so many different levels and Costa Rica is one of the markets Huge town. and I don't want to give up on it even though I wake up sometimes and I'm like that's it I quit mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm done <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because of somebody slicing the fucking tires or breaking in stealing things or Burning stealing gas from the tank like emptying our bus of all the oil so when we go start it it fucks the engine up or burning the grass on our field. We grew beautiful grass. I mean, I, I spent so much time and they just came one night and just drew X's and O's and chemicals on the grass and it's back to being a dirt field. I mean, now it's perfect. Yeah. But it took it took but a the, year to like six months to get back to what it needed to be. But these are th- moments like when you realize or you actually, you know, you think back, like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. As challenging it, as it, it is, it, it's, yeah. And yesterday, sitting in the stands with the band and people rooting like, V's up, V's up, V's yeah. up. I mean, that, that's when you know, like, all right. It's worth it's it. It's okay. To- yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. That's amazing. How have you guys, like, how do you feel like it's going connecting? Like you just said, like you had a band there, Channing Visa. Like that connection, building the bridge with Costa Rican people, especially in the area. It's coming still far away from what we needed to be, because I think a lot of people, especially in the Central American community, I think it's a culture thing they'll admit. They don't believe that they can. You understand? Like a lot of people are just happy with their lives and they don't believe they can go be extraordinary. Or we're the opposite. We believe that people can be extraordinary. It's a difference in ambition, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, now they're starting to say like, wait a minute, like, these guys are in a place where no one believes, but they're starting to create. 
and I think is still there's a lot of time we need mm -hmm. time but it's, it's the wheels are spinning but just like that it can spin back so you, it's really a lot of strategy and planning now on how we're going to do things but we'll, every day we're, we're figuring it out you know and remember we self-fund this club this yep. club is self-funded which is honestly unheard of. unheard of it's unheard of and like being a, a soccer enthusiast like we yeah this is everything to us no one else there's no sponsors there are but they help with balls or, like we're funding mm. everything. and is that because you don't want big sponsors can't find them yet or you can't find them you know to get a sponsorship a good package to for it to make sense of the work that goes into actually then working with that sponsor it we're not there yet it's the reality like soccer visa itself we have a lot of players here we can market we can do a lot of stuff but for our pro team we're not there yet and i think it's crazy to say that we were yeah. there as a club in connecticut Crazy. Yeah, I, I think there's so many different strategies to sponsors and I would love sponsors. Oh my God, are you kidding me? If somebody could say, hey, you want a hundred grand, Cecilia? Yes, thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And I'll do this and this and this. But to find that one particular sponsor that I think are willing to do that, we got it. We're probably maybe a year out on sponsor. Mm -hmm. Be like a little bit. We can get a few smaller ones um but it's finding the, it's finding the right it's finding the right relationship too with the brand you don't want to yeah. you know, right. yeah. it's got to be the right fit at the end of the day but as you get promoted there's a lot of financials that are 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 added on a lot more expenses but you also get tv money sponsors okay yeah money. true yeah that all comes yeah we're in a huge huge tourist place yeah mm -hmm. so if we end up going when when we go to first division and surprises we're playing the top team which is surprise and they're playing in this small community you can't walk the streets that day because it's going to be everybody's going to come down two days early to be at the beach right if the game's on a sunday night or saturday night they're going to come down friday morning or friday afternoon because they, they they stop work it's like europe where it's like oh there's a game there's no work and they're gonna this community is going to be quadruple the size when we get to where we're going and we'll be the reason you know, so, yeah. and I think we'll have a little more. Well, it's, it's, it's also yeah. quite frankly, Joe and I work 12 to 15 hours per day to sit and really focus on sponsorships and the packages of what that can be and read the outreach to get sponsors. That's a full-time job in itself. And we yeah, don't for sure. have that. So, you know, why do shit half-ass kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I'd love to know what's a day in the life like. We we do this with players, and I think it's, uh, it's such a cool thing for you guys. You just mentioned twelve to fifteen hours a day. So what is what is a day in the life like look like there? You go first. So for me, um, always up early. Four a.m. Four a.m. and. Um, Either I go to training if we have morning training, not every day, maybe like twice a week. Um, so let's say if I go to training, I will go to training and watch the team. I will grab coffee and a croissant at the French bakery. Nice. <laughs> nice. Training Love room. that. Love that. Yep. And um, 
I, for me, it's really interesting to be at training because I see that personality, which he doesn't see. So I, I enjoy that. And I'm always, always available throughout the day. This here is. The phone never, is nonstop, huh? Never stops. So it's either phone calls, messages, trying to figure out any type of problem. Since we have 40 players here from all over the world, it's always some type of interaction with them. Um, staff, always administrative work. For me, I sit on a big piece in terms of making sure that financials and administration and logistics work. So every day consists of almost the same thing. When people say you live and work in the Caribbean, I don't ever go to the beach. I don't ever like, oh, let me take the afternoon off and go uh, surf a little bit. Never. My day is four o'clock in the morning. My son goes to school here. He goes six o'clock bus and then he does his thing in the afternoon. But it really doesn't stop. Yeah. Clear mm -hmm. meetings, staff meetings. Uh, miscellaneous things that happen. Um, yeah, I'm sure the miscellaneous category yeah. is always very <laughs> big. Like that's 90% of the day. Well, let, let's talk yeah. about that. So 4 a.m. for me, um, wake up. I always like to be at the field about an hour early because I, I, I have to have the field set up when the players come because I think it's motivation. If you're a player and you're I like that, field, yeah. You see the balls a certain way and you see the cones set up. You're like, All right, I want to practice today. So I'm there before the sun comes up. That's so facts. Yeah. My phone with my phone light. Um, so I'm setting that up. Um, we run practice at 530. Um, that'll finish at seven. Um, seven o'clock, the development center boys come in. So we'll do the back-to-back -back <laughs> sessions there. Um, then the day starts where I'll usually cut the grass or, or I'll plant new Bermuda or water the field for a good hour and a half or two. Um, go home, start trying to create graphics and contact new players for soccer visas or come down to development centers to do like sales work. Um, then meet with players always because something's always wrong. Whose girlfriend from the pro team's upset with them? Who, what player wants to quit from the development center because he found out this is not for him? And which is fine, I, I encourage it if you feel like you're gonna quit. I'm gonna tell you the reality of where I think your level is, and if you gotta go, you gotta go. Um, and then we do that all night somewhere in between have one meal a day somewhere one two meals a day maybe maybe one two meals a day um and then nine o'clock hits eight o'clock hits and Cecilia, no 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 cecilia and i are doing all the laundry for yes. all training tomorrow oh yeah here, here comes the many many jobs on the oh, cv yeah. Yeah. So there's so 60 uniforms that have to be washed folded and packed for everyday training yeah so there you go that's a day so you that's cut fine. the grass you're washing the jerseys you do all the media and the graphics both of you guys like the I, the jobs seem endless but it, it sounds is. like oh my god you guys do it oh my god you guys do everything the reality is we don't have a choice right, mm -hmm. now. right. so don't think it's not like oh i'm proud of it no we're trying to work hard so we can run the company we had in the states where you know, like, but in a way, I'm sure you are proud of it, though, because it is like, I mean, you're building something that's going to be oh, when, when much bigger first, than it is. When yeah. the clubs in the first division, Cecilia and I will know every screw 
in that right. business. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like how we want the jerseys pressed, how we want the balls pumped, what the graphics look like, the branding. Um, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, we have staff that work for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And neither me or Joe are micromanagers because we don't have time to ma- micromanage. We're just trying to manage the, the things that we're responsible for. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to find good people. Oh. It's so yeah. hard to find <laughs> yeah. good people. Yeah. And if you ask them, one thing I've learned about Central America is when you tell them things to do, they're eager to do it. But if you want to correct them, then they get take it very personal and then they stop working. They don't want to do the work they anymore. Quit. They quit. So, um, you know, like he said, like washing the uniforms, it's like driving from the field to, to the player housing. Now you got to wash it. You got to wait. You got to then deliver we it. Have you got to hold it. So like there, there's a lot We're of like, logistics. Shaking it out. No, we, we, yeah. we just got a dryer six, five months ago. But beforehand, we were like every yeah. jersey until it was dry and then fold it. And I, we get done at like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. I got to wake up at 4 a.m. Just so the players can feel pro because it's about that, right? It's not like you don't want to run a club. How many clubs did I play for in the lower division that just didn't care about the little details? And then the, the club could not understand why they were not performing. So if I really want to be that club, you have to do those things. Yeah. When the players come in, they must feel like they're going to work and it's professional, even if you're not. And that means losing sleep. And so when people say you got to do what other people won't do, it's the truth. It's the truth. And I think people don't realize how are we in the promotion playoffs in the first year? Well, that's the reason. Because when players right. come in and they say fold and close, they're like, damn, this is the president and the head coach like sitting here making sure we're good. So then the conversation is the halftime talk isn't isn't, oh, you need to do this, this, or this. The halftime talk is so I'm up at night till twelve o'clock folding your laundry so you can feel good. I said and you're out here and you don't even want to play in that uniform that I fold every single night. And that's the halftime talk. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it changes a lot. And I think that's what builds culture and that's what's going to build this club. Because you can you can bring in a top coach here, but if he doesn't care about his players at the club, it doesn't matter. And I think we've seen that at a professional level, at the highest level. Bring any coach you want. But if he's there for his ego or to build the team his way and he doesn't respect the club, the club's never going to succeed. United was the United way. Arsenal now is creating its own culture because Arteta's, if you guys watch the documentary, mm, he's creating yeah. culture and he needs yeah. to play mm-hmm. Pep, wherever he goes, he, 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 he's unique because he builds that culture in a small time. Angelotti, the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what it is to be a club, is to build, when you play for Visa, it, it's more than playing for Visa. Like, our players have a certain walk to them, a certain talk to them, a certain style to them. Because it comes from a real place. It doesn't come mm-hmm. from this. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks it comes from this. Yeah. It's not. It comes from this. Blood, sweat, and tears. Gray hair. Yeah. That's why we'll be the biggest. <laughs> we will be the biggest, mark my words, today. We'll win a CONCACAF Champions League in 10, 15 years. We will. And, and, and it's crazy when we're going to be playing the FIFA Club World Championships against Barca or Ajax or... Whoever it is, Real Madrid, and you're gonna be like, how the fuck is soccer? He's a football club. They tell him not to play in there. 
it will happen. Mm. It will happen. Yeah. It's inspirational. And it's, it's amazing to see every time we talk, whether it's six months, a year apart, the steps going in the right direction. It's always moving forward. Regardless of what you're up to, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's inspiring to see. I mean, even with my own career that, yeah, just to have a conversation like this is, uh, I think it's also good for listeners out there too. And, and players too, like you said, who think that they want to be pro, but it's not, they, they think they want to be pro. They don't want to be pro. Well, let's I think, yeah. And I yeah. think hearing, hearing what you guys are doing, waking up at four, going to bed at 12, in in your own way that is what it takes to be pro it's all these these dirty things and the 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 attention to details and and the extra work you put in outside the game and you go to these small clubs in different countries and it's not it's not perfection your laundry is is wet they didn't even put it in the dryer it's it's 10 degrees out and you have to go out with a wet t-shirt and you don't have a jacket that's happened yeah listen (laughs) we're still in the situation dealing with that on a, a weekly basis here and that's the reality of it. And you have to accept these types of things and know that the future, one day in the future, you'll get to a place where the conditions will be better. Yeah. And when you focus on just improving yourself day and day, and you guys are focusing on improving soccer visa, you're getting to that place and creating that culture that you will play Barcelona in a FIFA World Cup one day. I believe it. No doubt. Yeah. No, that's, that's you're right. And I, I think what you guys are saying and what you guys preach, it's so cool to listen to something, right? But to actually feel it and understanding is a whole different story. You know, and it could be yeah. something as simple as, like, for example, our bus broke down. And we're working so hard to get the bus up and running. You know, and our pro development guys from the States, they're like, oh, you don't have a bus. Literally, training grounds a quarter mile away. If you really wanted to, you could walk there. Not, maybe a little bit more, half a mile away. And it costs 300 colonas, which is how much for the bus? Oh, 50 cents. Okay. They get upset that they have to get on the public bus to go to training. That, to me, is what you don't want to be a pro. Because I would be walking there two hours before, sitting on the ground, just smelling the grass. You understand? Like, that was me. When I played in England, 7th Division, I played in Ashford Town, which was an hour and a half from London on a, on a, um, on a train. I used to love getting off the train station and walking an hour every Tuesday and Thursday. Just I was like, oh, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. And like, that's love, man. Yeah. That's love. But 50, again, I'd be like 50, I'd be like 50 cents. Yeah, absolutely. What? But again, half a, half a mile. I will remind you, not everyone is you. But it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. But it's, it's, it's interesting because They're better than me. this is where I come in and mm. I said, don't even spend time and energy on that. Rather spend time and energy for those players that are here for the right reasons. If they complain about hopping on a bus or you know walking to the training ground, it, they're they're not really wanting it mm-hmm. as bad as yeah. And it's it's sad that it's it it is that way, but it's the truth. Ah, it hurts so, guys. It hurts. So like you have players like yourselves, like you guys are grinding for a reason. You could go back to the U.S., no? And just mm-hmm. live a life. Mm-hmm. Well, with their work sure. rate, they're going to make good money too, you yeah. know? So. But, but you're there grinding. You're there doing it for yourself. You're there because 
You love the smell you, of the grass. You love the smell of the grass. You love those stinky cleats. You love, you know, putting on a cold t-shirt that's still wet when it's freezing because that's why you love the game. You love oh, yeah. that. 11 v 11 field with no football lines no american football line like there's little things that yeah. you can't put a yeah that is a, honestly, that is, that is a big one <laughs> there's so many big ones though i mean like like you guys say though i mean for us just like you guys we've had those those times where it's like you know maybe it's time to go back to the u.s or maybe it's time to do something else but each time you have those thoughts it's just i don't know something else comes because you're still working so something else there's another step forward in the right direction. And those little steps, we talked about it on a pod just the other day, actually, it was like, you're always going to take a step to the side. You're always going to take a step back. But as long as you keep trying to climb the stairs, you know, you keep going, you're going to have those little wins and those little wins, they, they build up into big wins and then they build up to, you know, I went from getting kicked out of Sweden because I couldn't get a visa. And almost about a year later, I'm playing Bayer Leverkusen in a, in a competitive game. That's how quickly that's how quickly it can change if your mindset is in the right place. It's it, and it it comes when you put yourself in the right places too to have those opportunities. For me, it was never in the cards to play in the U.S. It's in the cards for other people. Like I probably would have played in the U.S. if I had the opportunity, but I didn't get the opportunity. So what can what can we do? Find it somewhere else. Well, the 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 truth is. We, as people, if we want something, we have to react, whether mm -hmm. it's positive or negative. You have to always react. So like, yeah, you got kicked out of Sweden. Well, there's probably the reason for that. And you reacted and one year later. Yeah, and I reacted. I knew sh I called up Sean, who was already in Germany. I said, you got a couch? He said, yeah, come on by. And, you know, those were the building blocks for footwork, too. So, I mean, yeah. cliche to say everything happens for a reason, but when you're when you have the right ambitions and you're doing it for the right reasons, then things will fall into place. They always will. Sometimes bad, sometimes negative, like you said, and sometimes you'll react negatively, but enough positive things will happen where if you're doing it for the right reasons, it'll be worth it. I always yeah. say my favorite quote that I made up is when you're chasing your dreams, you end up learning what you're supposed to do in life. That's uh, I couldn't agree more. Exactly. With that. Couldn't agree more with that. You learn so much about, not about so much, so much about other people and cultures like we talked about, but you learn so much about yourself just sitting alone. And after a difficult day away from anyone who's been family or friends and gave you that comfort, when you go inside and, and take a look inside, then you really start to find some shit out. Do you guys think it'll be difficult for you when the transition happens where you're going to stop playing because you're so used to being, uh, I think you'll, no, I know you guys will be successful in whatever you do. Let's, let's put that right, because the grind that you guys have to you in whatever field you go into, but, but being a footballer is like, you see this place, you go to this place, you got to compete. Like, do you think it'll be hard for you when you're, because like, no, no, okay. No. So I, I think I, it's funny. I, think yeah, I have two ahead. answers, but Sean, no, you can go ahead. You can go first. I was just, have, I mean, that. I've had this conversation many times and I, I always find it fascinating to talk to other teammates especially on this team now because there's a lot of players that have only done football their whole life you know they played at very high levels and they're coming you know they're past maybe the second like the first mountain you know and now they're thinking all right i'm 30 i've only played football what am i gonna do 
maybe I'll be a coach or train kids. And, and I was talking with one team yesterday. It was like, he's like, what do you want to do? You know, at the end, I was like, I, I don't know, but I, I can literally do anything. Like I have so much passion for, to learn new things that like, I'm not concerned like one bit when the time comes where I say, okay, I'm not going to play football anymore, which I still think I'm always going to play. But like, I've always done that. Like what we're doing with footwork now and the other things that we're doing on the side, it's never like, oh, I just did football and then I watched Netflix all day. This is, that's not what I like to do. We talk about that. And it's like, why would I, I have so much time. Like we, this team now, we have one double training a week. Otherwise we train at 1030. We're done at 1230. What? I have so much time the whole afternoon to do something that like, it would be such a waste. This would be a waste of my time to not do anything. So like now I'm I'm learning something new, a new skill on the computer right now that I'm dedicating consistent two hours a day to do. Just because, okay, it seems like in the future, this could be a very big thing and a good skill to have. Why not learn it? And if I don't like it after a month, then I stop doing it. But I don't see that happening. I, I can't tell you how I appreciate exactly what you're saying for so many reasons. <laughs> but the main reason we have players... And they keep saying that, like, they have nothing to do. And I keep telling them, like, why don't you take up a course? You know, six-week course, do something. Learn Spanish. Um, learn the language. Um, pick up Chinese. Like, I mean, there's so many things. And morning training, 5.30 or a 4 o'clock training, you got 10 hours of the day that mm. you're literally not doing anything yeah. playing video games or sleeping and it bothers me video games it bothers me so i'm yeah. glad here that i that, it's funny you mentioned video games because there's a lot of my teammates that they always playing video games with each other which is cool great you're getting close as, as teammates and, I, wow, and they wow. asked me and they asked me yeah. like why don't you play and i said well when i was younger i did play i played a lot and i was very into it and i got very good and then at 14 15 i realized what am i doing like yeah. sure i made i made a few hundred dollars maybe but like what am i doing with my time this is such a waste of time sold the xbox and i said i'm not going to do it because i know <laughs> if i play again i might get the bug again and all i want to he play, did too he did in corona and for, literally, literally, exactly. for a week for a week during and corona, then i was like no no, no we're not even gonna glued do this to cod and then he had to cut the, he had the, he had to cut the strings again and just cut, to it, hide the cut it off because i know that there, i could just do something better with my time yeah. and that is sure maybe it's fun but it's just it's just not productive i feel it's temporary fun yeah, right. Is it is like it fun? Hour. You get you all like stressed out, and it's yeah. not. You know, I just think I could do something better with my time. Read a book. I think I think now there's there's no excuse to be. I mean, yeah, bored. But like, if you have a Wi-Fi connection, you can learn a language on YouTube. You know, like the players could be making money from their laptops. There's thousands of jobs on freelance Upworks and stuff like that. Like, you could make money, and you could play the game you love I just we anytime players contact us joe and i'm sure you get the same way is like they want to know about germany we're like yeah you know maybe you could start out in some of the lower tiers in germany but just so you know like you're not going to make enough money when you're starting out in the sixth or sometimes the fifth tier depends like you, can you make money on your laptop 
you know, with the visas here, like you may not be able to work at a coffee shop or something like that. So can you work on your laptop? And guys are either like, they don't know. It's like, can you do it? You can, you can, if you find skills, if you find skills and you, you can make money from doing anything from your laptop. You can teach a language. If you have a degree from any college, you can do freelance content creation. You can use all that stuff that you all that time that you use on Instagram and TikTok and actually make videos for someone else and make a few dollars here and there. Like maybe it's, it's obviously it's a little bit more and you're fortunate if you have college degrees and stuff like that, even with freelance work, but you can find stuff to do. Just go on Upwork or one of those sites. You can find something. Let's say I'm not a content creator, right? So I got a degree in psychology, which I'm not going to use. And I mm-hmm. don't have any, any experience creating content. Is there another field I can get an online job in and make? I'm thinking. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think from like psychology. I mean, you could write. You could write. You could blog. You could write about things that you learned in psychology. There's so many different blog area websites and stuff that you could write for. There's research things like. What they put now on these websites is crazy. Like I literally just went on to Upwork just. I thought maybe I could answer your question. You could be a research research based content creator for thousands of things. And I'm sure you could do it for psychology. You could write blogs about adventure and travel, right? Writer and content organizer, someone who's playing in Costa Rica. You could write about this experience and sell it to a blog. Like the, there's just a million things you can do. So like the, the excuse to be bored, I think is just, you just me. you don't want to rip off the band-aid to get something going you have to like that's the thing it's like the starting is the hardest part so just start and if it doesn't work out you can always stop the starting just do it it bothers me so oh. much it like <laughs> bothers me so much like i worked so hard my whole life and coming to the u.s you know i took on jobs that not so pretty like i was cleaning lady for many years i you can do did it a house sitting i did a lot of shit mm-hmm. because i had to make money like i had to make money and it's a different generation and we see it a lot like they you know come to training sometimes and they're like because they've slept off i get crazy day. i get crazy if you come into training and you have your i was sleeping face on and i've been up since 4 a.m guys you don't want you know me i would call I would, i'll be like dylan dylan get your shit together fuck up man yeah i spent all day don't yawn running. don't yawn on my training i do it yeah. i say it oh mm. I, say but I, it. I, I say this a lot to joe like why are they like that you know if i'm there like i want to see energy like i want to see them pumped up especially if it's like a few days well, out new from one. a game right the new one is i'm homesick yeah, I'm homesick. So I come home. I come to training that's supposed to be my escape, and I'm not pr- performing well because I miss my girl. I miss my mom. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. This is not for you. Well, those and are I, the. There's so many things that go into wanting to do it. Like, there's so many things that go into wanting to do it, and you have to accept. Yeah, you're gonna be homesick, but still, like you just said, like my escape always when I was homesick was football, and that always made it worth it because it was like I didn't think about anything else i still don't i don't think about anything else when i'm on the field it's the greatest escape that when you asked the question before the heart the transition part that will be the hardest thing i think 
is finding something that has brought me the same solace mm. as football does. I have no problem with like, uh, like Sean, exactly. I think I'm going to be successful whenever I do the amount of people we've met, the connections, just how we've been able to adapt, just like you guys adapt on a daily basis. Like that will be easy for me. It's finding something that I'm equally as passionate about. And maybe it doesn't come. Maybe I just had that one mountain that I was as passionate about, but that will be the hardest transition for me. Are you two going to be in football after football? I think I'm going to play semi-pro so. or amateur until I'm 40. Just Where, keep moving bro? back Where on the field. Where is that? Where are you going to play amateur? Are you living in Europe? Where in the world? I don't know. I don't know. I don't the more know. I live in the more I live in Europe, Sean and I said this to each other actually recently too. The more we live in Europe each year, we think, oh, you know, I could see myself living here. You know, it was always like I'm going back to the U.S. Now it's like, now yes. it's like there's a question. You do it just depends. I think it would just I don't be. I think close at anything off. Yeah, I think it's naive to say for sure I'm going to do something because I couldn't. I wouldn't have said for sure I'm going to play in the Mongolian Premier League when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> playing Imagine call of duty you called that shit <laughs> you know so it's like i think it's it's yeah it's just naive for us to say okay yeah for sure i'm gonna move back to the u.s or for sure i'm gonna live here or there i mean when an opportunity presents itself and it's something i'm passionate about or it's a situation i like then maybe that's something i'll pursue maybe not but okay, so let's say you stop playing tomorrow what do you do if you could paint this perfect picture, football is done. I know you have something in your head that you mm -hmm. really like. It can be in football. Well. About it could it be too. a scout, it could be a trader, it could be a graphic designer. If right now you could have your dream job, stop playing, what would it be? I can't a dream it, job if I stop football I right yet. now. I can't answer it yet. I'm so focused on the next years that I'd, I've always just felt. Yeah, you I'm know, gonna, actually, I'm I gonna think gonna Joe reached that point. Joe, you said this in Danbury, Connecticut, at one of the combines, and I, it's resonated with me ever since. It was like, uh, you said something, it was when you were in England and you were taking the train and you're working a night job and going on. It was like, by putting everything into plan A, not half-assing it, you'll figure out what you really like to do. Or you realize if you do commit com completely to something that you can... Um, you can reach your full potential, whatever that is. That might be for some people the Premier League. That might be for some people the sixth division in Germany. No, but regardless, regardless, you get to the point of, okay, I, I've done this to the full extent I can, and I actually find this more fulfilling. And then you go chase that. And okay, so you guys aren't there yet because a reason why I ask is like, like my last year playing, it kind of just, it was like a spell. I felt it coming out. You felt it coming? Yeah, it was weird. And I was like, I'm going to be a coach. I, Did I you feel it the year me. before, though? Like, I know those last, like the last year, I remember you said you kind of fell out of love no, with I the plane of it. No, Did I you feel it coming in the years before? No, I, I tell you all the time. I didn't understand why clubs and coaches ran the way they did. I couldn't understand. And it, it really, it really irked something inside me where I was like, this is your captain. This is how you do contracts or this is how you run training. And you guys are, you, your operation costs are so high. Like if I ever had my chance to run your club, we'd be in the top league and all of a sudden, or we'd be a top club. And all of a sudden 
I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to coach. I want to coach. And then I was in Iceland. Before I even got sent back to Finland and made the most money I ever made, mm-hmm. I was in Iceland and I wasn't playing because I just didn't care anymore. And um, I was like, Polly, he was the coach. I was like, hey, the session sucked. They were the same thing. <laughs> no, I love Polly, but the session sucked. I said, Polly, mm-hmm. can I run the sessions? He's like, what? I said, well, I'm not really playing. Might as well help out. Let me run the training sessions. He's like, all right, give it a shot. And all of a sudden, I went from running the training sessions and not playing to running the pregame warm-up and doing the talk before the game on where players (laughs) That escalated quickly. I'm on the most money as a foreigner. And all of a sudden, a month later, I'm transferred to FFURO and I'm playing in the French Premier League again. And I'm not being a coach, but I'm, you know... But you had the taste of it. You felt like, okay, I mean, once you got the sniff, yeah. When I did the tactics talk and every one of my team was listening more than I was a player, I was like, this is, this is. is." (laughs) We got promoted that year too. So I just asked because it's always, you know, I think it's always something that, you know, the spell comes on all of us. It comes for us, you know. I swear, if you had more time, I, I would love to see you in front of the mic doing a podcast too. Yeah, fit that in your schedule. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so much work, you know, it's hard, but I do love doing it. And I, I, I just, I find it interesting all like, I find her interesting. Like when she creates spreadsheets, whoa, like that's crazy. Like, you know, are you guys, you know, now you're in Germany. I'm like, how's it going? Like, what, what what's training like? Or, you know, like, I want to know so much, you know. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to for you to come. I'd love for you to come by and like see training, see a game, oh, things oh. like that to experience Northern Germany. And have you have you been? Have you either of you been to Germany? No. I've been to Germany. Yeah, I've been to Munich um, a few times. You know, it's so easy to travel from Sweden, Denmark, right. Germany. Yeah, true. Just go right down. Yeah. Yeah. I want to come. I love football. Oh, I, I miss being at trainings. Like I learned so much, like, you know, like making drills up. Just you guys, you guys are big. Like, I love your website and what you guys do. Have you guys, um, have you guys gone on coach's voice? The coach's voice, coach's voice. Yeah. Okay, I don't I'm, think I've actually been on their site, but I follow them on YouTube and on Instagram. I read their no. article. I mean, you guys will both love it. I, so I, I, you know, I, I'm a big coach's voice uh, enthusiast or whatever, uncle supporter. And they have like mental, um, tactical um, vlogs, like everything from training to mm-hmm. everything. So check that out. I got it in the notes. Thank you. What makes a good eight in Germany? opposed to a bad eight in Spain or like stuff like that. Like, mm. it's Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So Love that. Out. Amazing. Well, guys, I, I think we could go on for a few more hours, but I think uh, we'll let you get back to the beautiful weather and the grind, but we kind of wanted to do a little bit of a fast feet round. I'm not sure if we did it last year with, or last time with you, Joe, we're going to do some quick fire questions to end up. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're not too tough of questions. So, yeah, so we'll both, yeah, whoever wants to go first, and then we'll both do, uh, we we'll both, the um, you, one you answer the same, one. answer the same question, mm-hmm. whoever wants to go first, and whoever wants to go quick. second. Yeah, yeah, as quick as yeah. you guys want. Um, favorite moment in football? Signing for Yipko Mary, I'm going to finish primarily. Last night, 
favorite moments Ooh. of all times. Wow, yeah. <laughs> they just fist bump for everyone at home. Yeah. Uh, love that. Now the heavy one, most difficult moment in football. Moving to Costa Rica. Tearing all the way into my English two days after I signed for BPS, and I was at the rise of my career. Yeah. Best advice you ever received? Tough one. Um, Mine comes from Sicily. Oh, my God. Why do I have to go first? On this I'll one? go first. I, <laughs> yeah. um, stop thinking on emotions. That comes from Cecilia giving me that advice. I think a lot on emotions. Love I don't that. sit and think of information. Um, for me, it's... Just have a clear picture in your mind. Brilliant. Favorite place you've lived? Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Favorite place to travel other than Costa Rica? Oh. I mean, I got to say Europe. Spain is one of my favorite countries as well. So I'm going to mm. say Barcelona right there. I'm going to say Italy or Sweden. That. If you weren't in soccer visa, what would you be doing? Can you answer for me and I'll answer for you? <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, let's do a switch. Let's do a switch. Let's do a switch. Well, he will be in construction. Yes, you know. <laughs> I I heard after all, how meditative you'll be. You'll be in the restaurant business. You'll be in the restaurant business. You right, the restaurant business. Yeah, wow. love that. Um, do you have a favorite book? Mind you, a guide to an inner athlete's mind. Um, Big one for both of us, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually Ryan Malone's, too, D3 player who's playing for Hansa Rostock in the second Bundesliga, also mind Jim. I tell you how many other people I've recommended that book, too. I think I recommended it to you guys, didn't I? Didn't it's very possible. It's very possible. Yeah. yeah. It's like there's a good probability on that. Yeah. It also doesn't have to be favorite, just one that comes to mind that's helped um, influence you. Or... Inspiring books that I've read is Lance Armstrong's uh, memoirs, which oh, okay. is very, very heavy but inspiring. I like the inspired question, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, any quote or mantra that you live by? Do what you love. Um, mm. I got one. Um, reality is wrong. Dreams are for real. Ooh, that's the first time I've heard that. So, oh, when people say, so when people say be realistic, bullshit. Dreams are for real. So you can't be realistic. If a guy can bend metal and fly across the world in it, it's, it's unrealistic, right? If a guy can go over to a switch and hit the button and electricity lights the whole room, that's unrealistic. So re realities are reality is wrong. Dreams are for real. Wow. That sounds like the episode name for this one. Guys, we want happen, to thank you yeah. so much, so much for coming on. Joe and Cecilia, it's been a pleasure. Um, I really hope we can do this again sometime. Hopefully the stories don't involve too many more times of Joe in Costa Rican jail, but just more and more success like I know you guys will have. So before we go, where can people find you and what's next in the playoffs? When, when can, what, what should we plug for people to come watch and everything? 
So Soccer Visa Football Club is our pro team. You can Soccer Visa FC on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And Soccer Visa without the FC, and that's Soccer Visa with a Z um, for Instagram and Facebook. And we have a big game coming up this Sunday. Um, Sunday, we travel to San Jose, away game. And wow. uh, actually, it's going to be live streamed on Facebook. So I just send got the news today, so we're going to send the link out so you guys can we'll see. We'll repost it, it on ours yeah. too. Amazing. It's going to be live That's exciting. Yeah. Yes. That's exciting. And they, it's our second round for this team, so yeah. it's a big game. And we won 4-0 in this first leg, and the team we're playing, they've been in the final two years in a row to get promoted. So it's oh, This one's going to be fiery, I bet. Oh, we're getting threatening messages already on social media that you guys are coming to hell. It's going to be a sea of red when you guys come. Mm. If I'm a player, I'm loving that. Yeah. Ooh, I, I want Chills. Play. That's the other thing is I ooh, I want to play in these games. Like, I first love first tackle of the game, game, set the tempo. Ooh, I love that. When someone puts a big tackle in, ooh, yeah. I want to get the crowd set. going. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think now, after everything that you guys have heard, like we had, we were rebuilding the team mid-season, trying to get mm-hmm. shit together with the, team, the, the players. I think going into next Sunday, I feel confident more if of their mental ability to want this as much as me and Joe wanted because they mm-hmm. got a taste of it yesterday. So even if they're going to play away, they really want it. Oh, they want it. So that's the, that's the, difference. that's the culture. It's that's exciting. the culture that you guys yeah. have built. And exactly. we can't wait to see where it goes. I, I know the CONCACAF dreams and Sean and I don't doubt it for a second. So again, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you for part two, hopefully a couple months from now. Wait, last thing. Part two has to be in person under some palm trees with us recording a video. It's going to be sick. So that's how it's going. Okay, deal. Deal. Shook on it. Done. Shake on that. Great to have Joe back on. Um, Always been a mentor for for both of us, I'd say. And Cecilia, too, who I met um, a little later in the career when I was out in Sweden. But uh, I mean, great to have her on and, and hear about her story, getting into football and being a woman in football and both of them, all the obstacles that come with having a club in a place like Costa Rica and, you know, building from the ground up and trying to do it the right way and still having all of these setbacks and people who don't want you to succeed for whatever their reasons may be and them still trying to do it the right way and give back to the community and help grow the game, help grow players. And, you know, it's always, like I said to Joe off camera, it's always nice to talk to Joe because you get that inspiring feeling. And I got that from Cecilia too. Like they're both builders. I said, like they're both builders. When they put their mind to something, they're going to see it out and they're, they're going to build what they want because they're going to put the work in and they're going to back it up. And I feel like that's exactly what that episode was showcasing is like, if you're going to go for a dream like that, like something that's so, in some people's minds, it's so obscure to start a, a a professional club in Costa Rica as Americans. You know, what? That's right. There's so many play. One, everyone would start in the U.S. And two, probably Europe would be the next one. But just finding somewhere where they thought it could make sense and they could build in a place which was untapped, like Cecilia said. I mean, it's it's inspiring because I think they back it up with what they put into the company and some days are harder than others. And 
you know, they have to do a lot of things that maybe aren't the prettiest and showcasing the best as, you know, like as a professional club, but these are the realities of it. Just like these are realities when you chase any dream in football or any dream that's worthwhile, those are going to be those times. Yeah. Well, well said that was, that was the wrap up. I was, yeah, was, I was not expecting to go off like that. Hey man, it was, it was, uh, I mean, we have so many very good episodes, but it was another excellent, excellent conversation. And, uh, yeah, a lot to take away from it. I think one thing, one big thing is like, it's a reoccurring theme too. When you talk with people that are building businesses, we've had like Dennis Carley on, it's like, that is, it's just the reality of when you're starting something from scratch and you're building or chasing a dream, like it's, you think it's going to be 10 yeah, things. Yeah, what was it? Then one thing? Yeah. And then one thing. You be, think it's going to be yeah. 10. It's going to be a list yeah. of thousand. Then it's 10,000. Yeah. And then yep. it never ends. But yep. like that is, you know, you're getting your vision as you're attaining that. And then there's just more and more obstacles that come up. They're dealing with a lot of things completely out of their control, like, you know, threats and vandalism and all that. But it's just, it's part of it. It comes with the territory, really. And I can't say that I'm surprised that it would happen. And it's the same thing you hear in Eastern Europe, you know, the corruption and stuff. It's, I'm not surprised that it's happening, but it, it's possible. And if there's two people I would back to do it, it would be them. Yeah. And I mean, it shines through the conversation that, yeah, they're working long days, but they are moving forward in a direction. Yeah. They're in a some, better place now than they were when we spoke steps, them last Sometimes time. it's the bigger steps. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. regardless of how you look at it, I don't know when the last time I spoke to him, it could have been a year ago, maybe the last podcast. They are mm -hmm. much farther ahead than they were then. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that have happened since, but they are for sure moving in the right direction. And now they're in this promotion playoff. They beat the first place team 4-0 four, four first round, going back into the, going to away into the den next weekend. And they're probably going to smack them again. And nice Can't aggregate 10-0. And we would hope we would go. hope so yeah i mean they they we there's so many i mean of course because joe played professionally too but there's so many parallels in it from the skills you learn from these kind of ventures and these kind of paths sean and i speak about it, like how much we've learned one of the biggest i think is like learning to deal with people and learning all of these things like you just know that you can take all the stuff you learn and be successful like for them, all their stuff in their, their past careers or anything that they're learning now, all the hardships that they have now, they can they can get through anything because they have. They've gone through shit that people wouldn't even think of they'd have to deal with at a, you know, a cozy job or something like that. And it's, I mean, I, I'll come back to it. It's inspiring and I can't wait to see where they, they, they head to because they have big dreams and that's part of it. And that's, the delusional success, like we said with uh, back in the episode with Hussein, like that's what it needs. At one point, yeah. everything was unrealistic. Everything was unrealistic. Sean and I were looking at airplanes today. We were like, holy shit. At one point, people <laughs> were like, that's never going to happen. At one point, someone was never going to turn on a light bulb. Yeah, because those were that wasn't the success at the time. So everything was, I like that. Everything was unrealistic at one point. Yeah. Make reality reality is wrong dreams are for real that's i mean that's the title of the episode it's got that's, right? that's the title of the episode i think we leave it there on that and just say that guys we have the merch keeg said it if you listen to that i'm looking at it right now we've been doing some promo for it we are prepping the release so make sure you're signed up for that newsletter yes so that you don't miss out because this will be a limited quantity 
And there'll be other stuff in the future, of course, but you don't want to miss the first footwork shirt because it's a dope one. Indeed. It may never come back. We may move on after that. We always move forward. Exactly. And we learn. So, you know, what do they say? We learn and, uh, and yeah. (laughs) Anyway, give us free support. Yeah. (laughs) That was the last thing I was going to (laughs) say. Free support, people. Thank you. We're over 2,000 followers and, uh, close to 200 subscribers on YouTube. So everything's going upwards and this year has been great. So thank you for that. But free support helps a lot. It does indeed. So until next time, keep moving forward, keep learning and make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what's done. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 